Hi everyone, you're listening to the racing podcast that's emerging from winter quarters and is back for a fourth series. First episode back, we have a cracking top line guest. This is George and Charlie off the bridle. Yes, we return once more. Racehorse trainers George Scott and Charlie Fellows, plus myself, Tony Rushmer, are back in business for 2022, partnered, as always, by the good guys at Fitzdares Bookmakers. In the months ahead, we'll aim to bring you great interviews with star names and a proper insight into the historic racing town that is Newmarket, home to none other than Messrs Scott and Fellows. Hello once more, chaps. George, Charlie, hi. Hi Tony, how are you? Ah, oh, not too bad, not too bad after you've given me a bit of a of my scruffy appearance. I see your, your, your dress sense hasn't improved no, over the winter. Quite right. Charlie, all good with you? <laughs> We're a bit earlier than we normally are in the year starting, aren't we? A real treat for the fans this year. Enthusiastic. Yeah, um, I'm very, very good. I'm quite happy at the moment. It's, I've got no runners. It's been rather a nice start to the year. I've uh, I've seen rather more of Charlie over the last few weeks because um, he's he's started to join me on my personal training sessions. So um, uh, having having tried to drag you kicking and screaming on multiple times, he um, he came to me with a phone call. Well, I've got this image of of fellows in the gym as a bit like I don't know a slightly slow backward three year old that's struggling to get up Warren Hill at this time of year um, on the treadmill. Is that is that fair, Tony? That's so it's a serious so baptism rude. of fire. What are you on about? So so do you know where this came? This stemmed from last year going and playing football at the city ground, and like afterwards, I literally for two weeks afterwards, I had to. I was using a walking stick. I was in so much pain. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I'm 35 years old, I've got a young son, I do not want to be, like, really unfit and unable to play sport with him or anything like that. And I've been thinking about it for a while, and I know George goes has been seeing a personal trainer for a while with Ed Crisford. And I was just, I was like, I'll go along and see what it's like. And I, I it couldn't be less me. Tell, I hate it. I'll we, tell you what he turned up looking like. <laughs> you know, you know those Aussie footballers with the cut-off t-shirt, Aussie yeah. rules footballers, like a sort of overweight Aussie rules footballer with a backwards cap on the first day with his socks up and he pulled off his big sweatshirt and had a sleeveless Nottingham Forest shirt. On. Training top, Nottingham training Forest t- training, training top, top. <laughs> sleeveless, showing off my guns. How's it going? We go in a we go to this gym uh, called Asgard, which is a real spit and sawdust gym, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's a proper weights gym, but luckily, uh, to save our blushes, we train upstairs with a, with a personal trainer like three or four times a week after work. And yeah, look, it's it's great. It's good. It, I enjoy it. It's very very hard work. But Char- Charlie and our trainer just does not take any prisons, does he? I mean, you if I, you join, you join where where the rest of us are at. I thought he'd be like. Don't worry, mate. You just take your time. You don't have to lay up with these guys. There is none of that. You are doing it whether you like it or not. And he will stay there 20 minutes after, like, however long you need to finish it, he will stay there. And he's a monster. He's a lovely, lovely guy. He doesn't seem to believe in stretching either, which can be particularly painful when you start off. And actually, James Ferguson came one morning, uh, one morning and tried to lay up. He got about half an hour, half an hour into the session and then really cried wolf. And I think he was so sore the next day he couldn't go to work. (laughs) Are you feeling the benefits though, Charles? How was it going? I think I first went beginning of 
how, how long have I You've had now? about eight sessions. Yeah. So this is the first week. I've been three times this week. You once, were brilliant today. Him. Uh, and this is the first week where I've really found a difference. I've been able to do more than one press up in a go. No, 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 no. That's not true. You don't. He does press ups off his knees still. <laughs> You forget how how hard press ups are. They are like you, the put, I, I, the I, I challenge anyone to get down and do ten press ups now. Proper press ups. You yeah. couldn't do them if no. you're thirty five years old. We had a little problem with the pull ups as well, didn't we? With pull ups. I think you just ended up swinging on the bar for if, for ten swings. Upper body is not my. That needs a little bit of work. But no, the no. lifting and like anything on the rowing machine or anything like that, I'm all, I'm fine on. No, I'm being unkind. Actually, he he is he's he's done he's done very very well. I'm I'm hardly bloody Arnold Schwarzenegger by any means, but I'm literally thirty sessions ahead of him, and that's all it is. It's just a set. He's caught up unbelievably you, well. You did say that actually he was quite with the weights. He Strongly, was throwing the weights strong. around. He was doing he was doing some decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a yeah, there's a pretty girl that walks through occasionally. Yeah, him inspires him. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing, every year we come back for the start of a new series of podcasts. One of you's normally had a child. Is that is that happened this year, or are we added to it? Not to my tennis? knowledge. No, no, no children <laughs> dropped, but we have one in the oven over oh, here. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Congratulations. So uh, number two is on his way. When do we during the season? August. Right in the middle. Oh, I'm August the, the 18th. He could be a Leo like me. He will. Pro- well, he's due around at a bang on August the 18th. When you say he, do we think it's going to be a brother no, for Jack? No, I know, I know, it's going to be a brother for Jack. Hang on, I thought I was coming to one of those gender reveal parties at yours next week. <laughs> <laughs> or not? Oh, I'm that's like, with next that week. big balloon where you pop oh. it and it's like it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in Dubai next week, George. So that is. And yes, another not thing. He's trying to avoid COVID left, right, and centre. It's absolutely pathetic. Sort of ducking and diving, missing meetings, and all this sort of stuff because he's got he's off to Dubai next week. Uh, near to talking about racing here because we've gone seven minutes of this podcast and we haven't even talked about the sport. So how how, how are the horses and and have you had many runners to talk about? We don't have very much to talk about because we've barely had any runners between us. No, not many. It's runners. been a very quiet winter. Um, it's been quite nice. I so. I, Weirdly, uh, I've run way less horses on the all-weather than I normally do. I turned loads out and I've just, I've had very few. I ran a few horses through January that were being sold in the February sales. I've had a couple of three-year-olds running in Maidens and pirate, good old Pirate King running in nice races. And that is it. You, um, nice. you, landed, you landed one of the touches of the winter, though, to be fair to you. Did. And you called it a long way out. Was that on the podcast? Oh, live podcast. That was yeah, the podcast. That, that was the horse. So he quickly. stuck up. He said, this will win. And it duly did. Yeah, and then I got it beat. What is It got beat? It won. Yeah. And then I ran it at Newcastle. Got, got beat. beat. Yeah, did. Yeah. He, um, what trip? Seven. They walked, turned it into a sprint, and Newcastle is Newcastle is a really funny old track. Yeah. If you get a big field, then it's relatively straightforward. But if you get a small field and they walk, it is a nightmare. And he just got no cover, and it was just a disaster. You'll anyway. have a nice plan for him, though. He looked at. He said. Donnie, yeah, that's seven furlong, not to eighty-five. And uh, Donnie. I love that race. When yeah. I worked for Michael Bow, he won that race for the big, big field, big scenic sail horse. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely tailor-made for him. Big field, bit of cut in the ground. He'll love it. So that's the plan with him, and then just go through the grades. And I, I really do believe that he's a hundred horse, and if he could get to Royal Ascot and get into something like the Buckingham, Buckingham Palace, would he not go a mile? No, no, I think he's seven. It's quick.
So where are we at with preparations for turf? Because whenever we can see Cheltenham in sight, I know flat trainers tend to start to get a little bit toey and want to get get rocking and rolling. Yeah. Are, are you boys sort of up and away going well or are you going to be yeah. a bit backward to get it's a going bit of a false dawn right now I think because you know you can kind of see it but the reality is you're probably at least six weeks away from most of your turf runners because the programme's kind of spread got, out you have Doncaster and I think actually <coughs> if if you've given them a break over the winter they're not going to be ready for Donny it's that early unless you've been pretty hard on them I've had a quick flick through the calendar for a few of them and realistically you're looking at middle of April and onwards mm. So mine are doing two camps at Warren Hill. They'll do that again next week. And then the week after, so the week before Cheltenham, uh, I'm off to Dubai next week. So I've got a runner next Saturday. The week after, that's the week before Cheltenham, isn't it? So I'll probably do first easy piece of work with the majority of them and then build them up. And I think early to middle of April, they'll be ready to rock and roll, should be. Is there anyone or signs of any of the stables that are looking like they're uh, cracking on a little bit early and can't wait? Or is it still sort of just that pre-Waterhall stage where people aren't quite going down the bottom Berry Road to the Waterhall? That... Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to know, isn't it? But I mean, obviously you've got like, there's a few guys that like to get on with their two-year-olds have been doing that. We're losing one of our, we're losing one of our Newmarket stalwarts. I saw that was confirmed in the paper yesterday as Hugo goes up to uh, Chester. So I think that's a really exciting move for, for all involved. But I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great move for Hugo. Um, I think it's an, like you know he's got some great um, stable here in house, and you know it's an opportunity probably to cash in there. And I've seen and a few people thinking he's mad. No, I get it. It's a great idea. I get it. He's going to be on a really nice way. He's, he's going to he's, he's going to be paid to train horse, horses yeah. rather than paid to train horses. He doesn't have to worry about paying staff, yeah. about getting money in from owners, you know, slow-paying owners. That it is a no-brainer. And he's going to and train there, a lot of horses. Yeah, a and lot there are of loads horses. of people saying that they think it's a step back. I uh, do not get that rubbish. Come and be a trainer. Come and see our finances, and then tell me that that you think that's a bad idea. No, I agree. I think it's a really good idea. And I mean, what a m- massive coup! To, for Michael to get some of the Hugo's actually he's a very very good racehorse trainer Hugo so no wish, wish him the best of luck yeah. but I only brought him up because Hugo's a guy that you know cracks on with his two year olds you know you always if you catch one I'm, going up Warren Hill you go those will be Hugo's two I'm galloping two two year olds tomorrow are you? yeah you did that last year early that's uh, early are early. you Brockles be bound? yeah I mean I've got a couple that could gallop I just thing is if they're half they're nice, not galloping they're going to go and do a little bit of upsides on the Alba three yeah yeah i mean I've, yeah a bit of bone no training sort that. of thing yeah but um one of them's quite a sharp little horse what's that docking? a showcasing showcasing mm. good now of course we have the cheltenham festival to look forward to in mid-march with that in mind we thought it would be great fun and informative to speak to the king of presbury park certainly from an English jumps perspective, the one and only Nicky Henderson, the master of seven barrows, will as always go to Cheltenham armed with a mighty squad, targeting the top races as he tries to add to his colossal tally of 70, yes, that's right, 70 festival winners, a total that has him second only to Willie Mullins, who has racked up eight more triumphs at the hallowed meeting. To hear about some of this year's seven barrows runners and a lot more besides, Nicky joined us for a chat. Good evening, Nicky. How are you over there? I'm very good. We're warm and well, yes. I would say um, I would say I can imagine how busy you are, but I know how busy you are because you very kindly had a few of us to visit last week and hope everything's gone well since then. 
Uh, oh, go within reason going according to plan. Quite a lot of them work this morning, and then another batch tomorrow, and then we've only got sort of survive another fortnight. Fantastic. Just ch- I'm with Charlie, um, who's obviously yeah. sat next to me, and his claim to fame was that he started his illustrious career with you, Nicky. Do you remember any of that? Well, I remember him very, very well, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> your, your he's, far... like, he's like Jamie Osborne. He said he had more mushrooms in his table than there were in him. <laughs> You're so kind, Nicky. I mean, so no, I had a look. It's I, only Osborne that owns up to that one. No. I I sort of, I couldn't remember. So it's 20 years ago, and I remember coming, I think I was with you for probably a month maximum. Yeah. And uh, all I remember, I remember two things. I remember the first, the worst part was that the first horse you put me on, um, I remember going into that covered ride, and I think within about... I, I probably a lap maybe I might have lasted a lap and a half if I was lucky <laughs> I was already on the deck and I was then relegated it was the su- it was the summer and I so desperately wanted to canter up the gallops and because I'd fallen off quite rightly I got relegated to trotting horses around this sort of field and up over the top of this field and uh, anyway eventually by the end of the time I was allowed to canter up the, up the, up the gallops and I, I remembered I Oh, I must have been a nightmare because I remember just sleeping in the whole time, especially afternoon, afternoon day. I was so tired. I'd never done a day's, day's work <laughs> in my life before. Nicky, you've had some um, fantastic assist- assistance since the days of Charlie. And is, is it something that you take great pride in? Yeah, there is, actually. It's amazing how many people, like, like you say, Charlie, that sort of do come for weeks or months, you know, only rather than doing two or three years. And it's it's amazing when you, all sorts of people that I actually sometimes don't remember, that <laughs> you know have done a, a month or something like that, and that have hit the headlines in no uncertain terms. Now they they can't. <laughs> nobody could learn off somebody as stupid as this lot is here. I mean, including myself. So you you've all done incredibly well because <laughs> you can't have followed it, learned anything in a month off. Off this shower of clowns. <laughs> and how are you getting on with King Ottica? Charlie did a particularly terrible job of training him on the flat. Are we having any more success? Or, um, well, we actually, or I mean, I, I, I will admit he worked this morning. And he worked with John Bomb. And they, I mean, he didn't, with Constitution Hill. Um, and a good old yak called Mengli Khan led them. Oh, I mean, Mengli. And he did, yeah, yeah. Mengli, Mengli was, Mengli, would you believe, was about 18 hands and, and ran in a group one as a two-year-old. For Hugo Palmer, I believe, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember him well. I think he's by Lope de Vega. And I, I, right, he is, yeah. I, yeah. I got a shock when I saw him in your barn last week. So he was sent out <laughs> as, a, as a rabbit, was he? And they chased after him this yeah. morning. Um, he was he was used as the rabbit, and and King Otica came along with um, Constitution Hill, and poor old Mengdi was used as the rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> quite right. Well, because this Constitution Hill is quite good, but therefore, obviously, King Otica go. You know, he does go quite well. He's. I'm afraid he didn't finish it with Constitution Hill. I have to say. I'm afraid King Otica broke my heart on numerous occasions because he he'd work, he used to work very well. He actually he was. As a three-year-old, he was very good, and he ran a blind yeah. at Royal Ascot, but then he just yeah. lost his way, and I think he got sick of 
um, sick of Newmarket. Are you going to give him another go over hurdles, or are you going to switch back to f- the flat now? Well, we're, I, I think he ought to go back to the flat. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know whether you want to or I want to. Or I'll have him, Nicky. It's <laughs> <laughs> George. I'll have a go with him. <laughs> no, Jake. <laughs> Nicky, you talked about Constitutional Hill and John Bond there very briefly. Is it is it likely that they will line up um, in the same race? Uh, well, at this at this certain moment, I don't say nobody's giving way because there is no, you know, the way they both work this morning, and they did not work together, and you could, they've both got an enormous amount of pace, and I, you know, there's no reason to push one. I think they both get two and a half, but at the moment they both look like two milers, and <laughs> unless somebody, and I don't think either will sort of suddenly decides they want to go the other way and there's no reason why they should then I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to take each other on but Willie will be over in the race in force I'm sure so we might as well make us look it's our target race really well, it'd be and it's, a very, it's a very important race to try and win because it's the first race it's the first day and if you could knock that on the head Two good things. One is the scoreboard has England one, Ireland nil. <laughs> in which case, we might actually be in front for half an hour. Um, and, you know, for your own purposes, um, as, as you know, in, in those big days, big meetings, you know, if you, if you could get one on the scoreboard straight away, it, um, is, it relieves all the pressure and the tension and everything. And then you can really kick in and get on with it and anything just to you know just to get one score and then you you know the, the rest you, you say we always say we'd settle for one but having said that if you can get one <laughs> well then it's not it's definitely not enough <laughs> well nicky you've certainly had more than one in the past 70 70 now 70 something i don't know yeah nicky just tell us a little bit just coming away from those those superstars a little bit about what your cheltenham week looks like on a sort of personal level because obviously the year evolves around it and you know day to day do you stay up or do you travel do you have people oh, no, we, we, we come back every night it's only actually an hour away sure um we actually always start with having a having a sort of bit of lunch on Monday for a whole lot of any owners coming by or the oh, wow. Jesse Harrington stays for the week and that but actually sadly it's going to be different this year because it's going to be Robert Chugg's funeral on the Monday, which is very sad. Yeah, he probably wasn't a man that came into your flat worlds very often, but in the jumping world he was an absolute legend. It's a yeah. sombering start to the week. Um, so and it then, is a little bit. And yeah. then, as I say, Jesse comes to stay and all sorts of other reprobates in and out. We used to have massive people staying and dinner parties till two o'clock in the morning. And, and <laughs> When your girls were leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we've slightly tried to sort of be a bit more sensible in these old days, you know, when you get as creaky as us lot. <laughs> no, and then we go, I mean, like, we leave at half past ten. So you could, you know, you've always got the next day and the next day and the next day. Plus, of quite a lot of horses that don't belong at Cheltenham have got to be sort of um, attended to. So no, we come straight back every night. Fantastic. And do you? I always find it fascinating with the big strings like 
willies and yourselves and, and Paul's like the, the emotional roller coasters throughout the week not only for yourself but for your owners I mean do you find yourself often sort of after you know after having a winner often sort of spending more time with consoling the the guys that haven't had such success mm. there I, I mean invariably you know we're going to have you know certainly in some of those handicaps you might have two or three runners sure uh if we won i go to the sin bin as we call it um <laughs> i spend and, a lot of time in there nicky as well yeah no so, so we have to too <laughs> because you know the guys up the front there and they're happy so it's they can look after themselves the, the one thing that's sad it's not really a very social week or it's not a very easy week to sort of spend with owners because you know, we're pretty flat to the boards the whole way through. And it's only when you get gaps without runners um, that you can go and go to somebody's box. Enjoy or, the moment. Enjoy actually, those boxes are fantastic on the in the new stand. And luckily, I think there are nine boxes there and eight of them have got owners, are, are our owners. So, fantastic. Um, it's, it's quite handy. Of course. A little somewhere to hide and have oh. a quick tincture. <laughs> quite right, Nicky. <laughs> Nicky, um, just, we won't keep your evening, but just to talk a couple about a couple of your stable stars. Obviously, I was very excited to see as a racing fantasy Siskin um, last week. He, he, he looks an absolute picture and obviously put in probably the perform, performance of the season, if not the generation. And ha, ha, has that left its mark on him? Uh, I mean, at all, are you at all concerned about, you know, you've had plenty of time, so it shouldn't have. But I you think we've had time. I'm going to do a bit with him tomorrow morning and Nico will ride him. And... He's very good at being able to tell me where we are. Now, if he if he feels a little bit quiet, then I'll know to leave him alone a fair bit next week. Yeah. He won't do a whole lot. We'll work on the grass. The ground, the ground was beautiful this morning. And, um, you know, he can just stride up there with a couple of others. And Nick will be able to tell me where he is. He's either fresh and really well. Uh, he won't tell me he's not fit because I know he is, you know, obviously with that race. You know, the, the nice thing about it was it did give us plenty of time um, from the town's house to Cheltenham. So he's had a good freshen up and he's been ticking over the last fortnight. And I say we'll have one gallop and a school. And if he needs another bit of work, he'll have one. These geldings don't um, don't take an awful lot of galloping, to be honest with you. Um, and nor does he. I mean, I think he's probably, he's fit and he's probably better fresh and fresher than overdone, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, what just surprised me, Nicky, is when I saw him with you in the box, I mean, he's, I mean, I'm, you've got a much better idea than me. He didn't, he doesn't look like a kind of an old fashioned conventional chaser. It's a lean, tall, athletic horse. Would, would yes. he be the type of horse that you'd normally look for? I mean, without your Spencer Sacra, Shishkin over the last last few years, all champions in their own right. I mean, they would they have similarities in, in anything in their demeanour at all, but or, or not necessarily? Um, not, yeah, they, they might have been bulkier horses than he is. They're all quite tall. They would definitely have been bulkier. I mean, Sprinter, when he was in his great times, was a was an absolute beast of a horse. Yeah. You know, he was massive great neck on him and a great you know he, he always looked spectacular Altior always looked great and he, he again he was a bit more bulkier than Shishkin is but he's very neat and you know, he's athletic yeah nice no, he's, so he's, he's a very easy horse to train 
A couple of questions. One would be, um, I always look at these weeks for, for trainers who have so many horses to run and think, gosh, the pressure. Does it actually outweigh the pleasure or can you enjoy these weeks? We don't enjoy these weeks, no. I think these next two weeks are horrible. You're just waiting for something to bite you. I mean, the last two years, Altior fell off the list in the last 48 hours, virtually. One with a dirty track wash and one with a splint. And you just don't know when it can, when it's going to hit you. And I fear you read the paper every morning from now until then, there's going to be another big gun somewhere that's not going to make it. And you you know what it feels like. It's it's absolutely horrible. You've got to ring mm. the owner, but you know you've lost another of your, you know, especially if it's one of your big guns. It's even if it's a little gun because it is that. It's the biggest day of that owner's sort of racing career, probably if they're a one horse town, and you have to ring them up and say it can't run in the county hurdle for which it's a hundred to one. You know the disappointment it's caused, and there's no fun in doing that whatsoever. You know, it doesn't matter which horse goes lame it's, it, or gets sick. No, it's not. The next bit is not fun. But for the fact that you've got... This is fun, what we're doing. But dragging up to London four days during the week to do Cheltenham previews is not fun either. Yeah, I can um, and somehow I get roped into it. So it makes it quite a long sort of... Process. You know, the lead-up uh, seems to last days. forever. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, and then you get there, uh, it's the Tuesday. Does that, is that when the fun starts, or does the, fe- the pressure crank up a notch more because you're just wanting that first one on the board? Yeah, if you could just get one, and then, then the pressure is off. It really is. I mean, you can, you, you can enjoy it. It, it. it makes such a difference. It's, it's unreal. It's a very, very good race to win the Supreme, I can tell you. Now, on, a, on a final note from myself, um, I, I, I was looking back at your record. See You Then won the champion hurdle for you back in 1985. That was your very first festival winner, am I right? Can you quite believe, one, that there's been a further 69 to add to that number since then? And of those 70, is there one that stands out as being that little bit extra more memorable more meaningful if you like so it's two two part question can can you believe the number you're on and secondly which is the one that you want to pick out well i think without a doubt the day that stands out was um sprinter sacra's second champion chase when to be honest everybody said he'd gone we should have retired him um it was all over stop being a fool um and you know being rather obstinate a lot we wanted to go on raymond and caroline mold were great and said you do whatever you want you know and he came back and won the schlur before christmas at cheltenham and that took cheltenham to pieces that day mm. so when it got to the champion chase he was still only fourth or fifth favorite and that was an insult to him so he he really decided to give him up one last blast and it it, it was quite incredible. Um, I mean, even the Irish were cheering him. Um, and that takes a bit of doing, especially yeah. when he's just beaten an Irish horse. That race still, I, I watch that every now and again. It gives me butterflies watching that back. It yeah. just, and the commentary as well was Richard Hawes, it was, it was the commentator, I think. And he was, it was just the most 
unbelievable race. It was yeah. phenomenal. I can imagine that must no, have been it, it has incredible. To be the one that stands out. I mean, just for the for what it did to the whole place, but emotionally, it just it sort of got to everybody, and it was it was very very special. I yeah. know you've been, um, well, you, no, I wouldn't say you've been bullish in the press about Epitome. The press have been bullish taking your quotes about Epitome. Mm, she, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You said, you, I remember you were slightly aggrieved last week about that. But she, she looks in fantastic condition. And, and, and Honeysuckle, of course, is a, is a mare of a lifetime for, for that connections. But, you know, not many horses go, out, go through their career unbeaten. And you're pleased with your mare, are you? We are. She worked this morning with a view to actually. Um, she and about six or seven of them are going to Kempton on Tuesday, and we've always done it. Um, and it seems to have worked. The ones that, you know, like she hasn't run since the Christmas hurdle, and Constitution Hill hasn't run since the Tolworth. And so they're going to go and have a little spin. You won't be very pleased to hear, but Barney actually digs up the track. <laughs> makes it a bit deeper nice for you. And slow for us and the flat jockey's come back two days later and moan like hell what have you done to it now he really does quite right. it does take a couple of meetings to put it back actually really? they always say they know when we've been but um he kind of does just rotivate it quite a bit deeper epitons will be going john bond's going constitution hill's going you just for my entries, what day are you going there, sorry? <laughs> Tuesday. So if you want slow ground, I think he said his next race is on Thursday. Charlie does specify in slow horses, Nicky, so that could work for him. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting you're taking, um, you know, you're taking John Bond there. Only, only, I don't know John Bond at all, but just from watching him and I guess the press jumping on the back of him, he looks like a horse that probably kind of gets himself fit. I mean, are you just doing that maybe just to take the freshness well, out the, of him as yeah, such? You, You've, you've, you've got it absolutely in one. The chances are he will be going to Kempton. Now, he'll then walk around the parade ring. And depending on how he's behaving and what he's doing, I will, we'll then decide what, how much we want to do with him. He sure. won't go. He, if he does anything, he'll go on his own. We did it with him at Newbury a fortnight before the Ladbrook meeting. And they have an open morning there with loads of tellies and whatnots. And I took him there to see what he'd be like. And, he, yeah, he got a bit warm and he got a bit on his toes. But actually, eventually, we decided just to let him canter around once on his own. And it's it, you know, from there, you know, he's been pretty good since then. But as he hasn't run for a bit, he's going to come on the journey just for the, for the day out to see what it's, you know... The atmosphere is going to be the important thing to him, you know, because Cheltenham is just completely different to anywhere else. And I suspect Royal Ascot is the same, or Derby Day, that, you know, those horses know that there is something, it's completely different. Yeah. And the, the biggest test for John Bond is going to be coping with the, with, with the atmosphere, because that is a cauldron in there when they walk into the paddock. And, Luckily, it's the first race, which probably helps a little bit. Obviously, Will, Will, Willie's kind of pioneered the earplugs at Cheltenham. I mean, would yeah. you ever wear a red hood or, or, or earplugs for John Bond? We're, we're just sort of mulling it over. Yeah, we're going to... That's sort of part of the Kempton plan. He certainly wears earplugs, yes. Yeah, those those red hoods, obviously, are, are great, aren't they, really? They're, they it's are good. very good, yeah. And, I mean, that's the best way to get him to the start without a fluster... You know, he, he nowadays we actually take the earplugs out when we started with him. We actually race with them in, 
But as he's relaxed a bit more now, we can take them out. George sounds like he trained John Bond better than he's training his own horses at the moment. You're very insightful here, George. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> I've done my research, Charlie. I don't just shoot from the hip like you. Well, no, on a, on a serious note, Nicky, I think we've, we really have kept you now. and we Thank yeah. you ever so much. And Not at all. It was good to see you the other day. and hope we might see you there. Time for a bit of podcast syndicate chat. Um, crikey, we've got hard acts to follow, haven't we? After Charlie Fellows was a flag bearer for the syndicate two years ago, winning plenty. Last year, Eve Lodge turning out um, a group horse after she was sold out of the syndicate for a significant profit. How are the off-the-bridle horses progressing and the state of the shares, chaps? Where are we at? With- George, I'll start with you. It's been an amazingly successful syndicate so far. Um and you know this year looks looks very encouraging my my horse is a a day gelding i've cut him just because um it just seems sensible to get it out of the way there's no he's certainly not misbehaving in any way and he's doing really well uh he's a lovely horse he looks very durable he's a similar type of horse to charlie fellows to charlie fellows without being quite a shark you know i anticipate him running plenty this year so no i'm I'm really looking forward to him who wasn't a shark uh, this, this horse is this, no. This horse wouldn't be quite as kind of sharp as fast and as sharp as Charlie, but okay. I, he's very durable horse. What do you see his trip being? Well, I mean, these are days they do just stretch out a little bit as well. But I, I'd be surprised if he was sharp enough to start over five. But he'll definitely be well. He should be ready to start when the six furlong races come around, so the middle of May. Yeah. But I could see him running like and then going seven as this, like in seven furlong nurseries down the line. Yeah. I mean, obviously not. Not being defeated, Seven saying that. Group races, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some group races. I thought that's what you said. Ha, ha, how's um, how's your finish? She's good. She's had a bit of a stop-start winter. Um, we just had a few growing pains, but she looks a picture. Um, she's a lovely big filly. She won't be early, early. She'll be mid-season type, but she's so good looking. And yeah, she's, she's a beautiful filly. She's a big girl. Um, she's strong. And she's very straightforward. So I've been very pleased with her. She has not done anything at all. So I, you know, she's not done any quick stuff or anything like that yet. But everything that she's done has been very pleasing. And um, she seems straightforward. And hopefully we'll get a clear run through the spring. And I'd say she's more of a sort of June, July type, probably. Um, she'll there's be a two year old. She's strong. Yeah. She is big, but she's strong with it. Like, there's, there's, she's not weak. So um, I'd say she'll be, as long as she stays sound and healthy, she'll be forward enough. But I, I love her. Very, very happy with her. And with restrictions um, from COVID seemingly, hopefully, touch wood behind us, we should be having a stable event or two. So the yeah, we've syndicate got, members we've can got come one coming up. We've got one in the diary, yeah. We've got one in the diary. So, you know, any new additions to the syndicate would be more than welcome to come. And actually, you know, both of us are really open-minded when it comes to people coming and visiting. So we will be doing certainly more of that and certainly represented, but more on the track. You know, Charlie ran a lot that, you know, through that period of time and it was hard to get there. But this this year it won't be. So we'll be attending the races. And uh, just away from racing, I'm. We've got this far without having mentioned Nottingham Forest. They have been quite good this year, haven't they? I mean, they've given you more good days than bad, Charlie. I just, I'm just done with the pain and disappointment of being in that bloody championship. I want to play in the Premier League again. <laughs> I'm so bored of it, and I feel like we have the team that can get there. And Steve Cooper has done the most unbelievable job. And I've got an owner of ours sponsors the back of the shirt for us. And they, 
they do like these meet and greet nights where Steve talks and he is the most inspiring man you you apparently you go in there and you leave the room saying we're going to win the league we'll probably win the Champions League next year and you know we are he is like just amazing and he has done the most phenomenal job but I, I just I can't even contemplate the thought of not going up this year because A because we've got so many lone players and I like we we there is a potential that three of the players that started against Arsenal and Leicester in the FA Cup who we beat in the FA Cup by the way you know Premier League team you're, you're going to win the Cup this year right? we could win the Cup this year who we have you got next Huddersfield at home so we've beaten Leicester we've beaten Arsenal Huddersfield will go and do a job on us which will it's could happen they're going well as well yeah, they? They go, go is that the last 16 that or, is yeah. to get to the quarterfinals the last 16 yeah yeah so we're playing you know, we're doing well but it just there is a real concern that if we don't go up this year there's like three players that could feasibly pay for us next year the rest will be gone Brennan Johnson will be gone. Like we've got some proper players. Jed Spence. There's no way that we have a hope in hell of keeping him unless we go up. Is he on loan from Middlesbrough? Or on loan from Middlesbrough. He's a heck of a player, isn't he? Unbelievable it's a great job. player. Really. Unbelievable yeah. player. He uh, Martinelli. I saw a quote the other day. Martinelli for Arsenal was asked who was the toughest player he'd played against so far this year and he said oh that guy from Nottingham Forest I can't remember his name <laughs> like, literally That's like, so good, he, huh? yeah, yeah. He, is, he is unbelievably good uh, God knows who Middlesbrough's left back is because he must be unbelievable <laughs> for them to loan him out if, if Forest have been making you smile I mean it's happily the, the ashes is long gone but we've got the cricket coming up in West Indies are we actually going to manage to win a game over there well, chaps well, I think we're all a bit disheartened by the fact that they uh, so, so basically our big biggest problems were that batting you know, bowling yeah, and fielding yeah no no our biggest <laughs> assets were root we were root batting at four and broad and anderson so we've moved root to three and kicked out broad and anderson i mean i just I don't, can't believe they're not taking broad and anderson i know especially especially broad i just i, I have so much admiration for broad's passion for it he yeah, just he does go, not he? lie Gutted. down forest fan forest fan, forest fan. he's got there's a lot of you in him to be fair yeah tall tall handsome pretty wife yeah but Six stone yeah. difference. <laughs> <laughs> right, last things last. Medium um, pace. <laughs> r- r- runners, any? Um, you know, we, we'll probably won't reconvene here till the start of the turf. So, have you anything in the next month that you think could, or you know, trouble the judge? I've yeah, there's a couple. I've got a horse called Melly's Flyer who looks very progressive, and um, you know, I th- I'd say like he's going to go back to Kempton on the night, and I think hopefully he can win there, and then. I think he can keep moving forward, and then just have a look out for a couple of low, low-rated three-year-olds, which I, which I ran over seven furlongs last year. They're stepping up in trip, and they're by a stallion called U. By a stallion called who? A stallion beginning with the letter U. And I would think that they, they would have a little bit in hand in low-grade handicaps over the next six weeks. Be- Bedford House has horses to run? My excitement lies uh, further, further afield. Um, I'm off to Dubai next week. We've got Ejtilab running. He ran an absolute cracker on the dirt um, last time out. Was beaten two lengths by a horse called Miras, who's looked very good over there. Was with Mark Johnson last year. And my fella, first time on the dirt, when they've never run on it and they get that kick back, it is a real shock to the system. And he was absolutely typical first time out dirt performer. Not sharp enough out the gates, got all the kick pack off the bridle, but when he got in the clear in the straight, he motored home and was only beaten two lengths. 
interestingly, the horse that finished, I think, last in that race won at Maidan this evening. Um, so the form's already got a little bit of a boost. He is going to run on the dirt next Saturday, and if he puts that previous experience to good use, he's got a real shout of running a big race. And if he ran a big race, we'd go for the Golden Sheen on World Cup night. Um, he's Crikey, a lovely big horse. He is a really good-looking horse, and he's flying. So they do take that big step forward second time on the dirt. Well, that, they can do. Anyway. That's what we're hoping. Like, we're, like it is. It's it's brutal. We had to get a vet in to wash his eyes out afterwards because so much you, dirt and kickback. Um, I always, I just. Always I always remember about American racing, and I, I do it here. My lads get a real shot where you hold their eyes open, blow their eyes out yeah. on the dirt. I'm, well, I've I'm, I'm never had, I think it was I'll my show, first I'll ever show, runner. I'll show you, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I think so it was you my... hold their eyes open with your fingers like this, yeah. like after the race on the dirt, li- literally, yeah. and you just go, you know, and blow all the dirt out of their eyes. Really? Yeah, it's, you must do that. Otherwise, that's how you get that issue. Yeah. But it's very, it's, it sounds kind of weird, but you, you do that and actually blow, blows it all out. I wish uh, listeners could actually see you uh, explaining this. You do look quite, quite bizarre. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get a video of that on Twitter or something. That's just about everything covered for episode one of series four. Just to remind you, we're sponsored by Fitstairs Bookmakers. If you open a new account and bet £10, you'll get a £10 free bet. We'll be back in a month for the start of the turf season. Until then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV, and many thanks to our very special guest, Nicky Henderson. On behalf of Charlie and George and myself, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.